What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and back with me today for our Week 9 Picks of the Week is my co-host, Charlie. And after we all had solid weeks in the black two weeks ago, last week was an even better week for us with our picks. Actually, it was one of our best collective weeks this season. I think there was a week earlier in the year where all three of us, Charlie, myself, and our guest hosts all went 9-1 and straight up. But this past weekend, we went a collective 25-5 and straight up and 19-11, and a very solid 63% against the spread. We gave you guys some winners last week, and that's the plan again this week. In fact, last week went so well for us that it was one of those rare weeks where like no one really had any picks to own. We always like to point and laugh at our worst picks and, and own our mistakes. Just pointing and laughing at yourself is always fun. But we didn't really have any of those this week. We all lost the Missouri Vanderbilt game. That was the closest one that we had to own. But it was at least a close loss. No, Missouri should never have lost to Vanderbilt. That was surprising, no doubt. But at least it was it was a close game until the end. And of course, just when I proclaimed that I would never pick Vanderbilt again the rest of the season, they go and upset a ranked Missouri team. So that's college football for you. But after another solid week, Charlie is week by week chipping away and catching up with our guest host. She went 8-2 straight up last week and 6-4 and four against the spread, which by the way is her third straight winning week against the spread to bring her running season total to 54-29 and 29 straight up and 41-43 and 43 against the spread. In his return visit, our man Josh also went 8-2 and two straight up and 6-4 and against the spread. A great week again for Josh to bring our guest host running season record to 60 and 25 and 45 and 39 against the spread. We've said the last two weeks, but I'll say it one more time. Josh brought the heat the last couple weeks as our guest host, and we are greatly appreciative of all his efforts and his willingness to join us and really kind of jump in on short notice last week. So thank you. Big thank you, my man, Josh. And as for myself, I told you guys I was shooting for a big week. And, uh, you know, sometimes it happens. I end up going 9-1 and one straight up and 7-3 and three against the spread to bring my season record to 59-24 and 24 straight up and 49-35 and 35 against the spread. So what that means is our guest hosts are holding on to a one-game lead in the straight-up picks while I am currently sitting with a four-game lead in the against-the-spread picks and Charlie is chasing us all down. She's quickly gaining ground on us. And this week, even though we may not have a game... There are a ton of other great games to break down, and joining us today to help us do just that is another longtime listener. He's been with us for a good long while. Is Mr. Alex Fountain? Alex, welcome into the Glory UGA podcast. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's absolutely our pleasure. We're really excited to have you on the show. Uh, and we were kind of, we were kind of talking about this before we start recording here. You've been listening to our show for a while now, which means you are obviously a big Georgia fan. But is there anything else out that you want to let everyone else out there know about you? Oh, yeah, man. I've just been a long-time Georgia resident, uh, finishing up school now. I'm College Coastal Georgia down here in uh, beautiful, sunny St. Simons Island. Uh have to say my highlight of being a Dogs fan is out in Pasadena. That was incredible. That You're right, man. That was That's probably the highlight for me, too, man. I, it's hard to beat that. Uh, it was incredible. Now, maybe the following week, if we won the national title game, that could have done it, but that didn't work out so well. But uh, so you're down there on St. Simon's. So I got to ask you real quick. So there's a lot of I don't know if you've heard this. I'm sure you have living down there. There's a lot of uh, reports coming out that looks like we're very close to finalizing a new deal to keep uh, the Georgia Florida game in Jacksonville. Um, so down there in, in South Georgia, 
Is that uh, is that good news for you guys? You guys excited about that? Yeah, I think that down this way, people would rather have it in Jacksonville. I think it brings a lot of people to the area, and it's it instead of having to drive four hours to get to a game, it's just an hour away from home for us. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting to get all the different perspectives because we're up here in Athens and kind of been around the metro Atlanta area uh, at various times. So, of course, they have a totally different view because it's very easy to get to two of the games here in Athens. Uh, but for you guys down there in South Georgia, it's tough, I know. So I totally get that perspective, man. So interesting. We'll see if that actually ends up coming down. I think it probably will. But uh, all right, yeah. you ready to make some picks, man? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do this. All right, Charlie, go ahead. All right, we're going to go big right out of the gate this week with what I think is the best matchup matchup as the weekend of the weekend as Auburn is traveling to Baton Rouge as the 11-point underdog in the Battle of the Tigers. I am going to go with LSU to win and cover. Alex, what are you going to pick? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. I think LSU will win, and I think they'll cover the points. Uh, I think that they're – their offense might be a little slow early, but I think it'll really get going in the second half once uh, Auburn's defense wears down a little bit. And I know Joe, Joe Burrow is my personal pick to win the Heisman this year. I think it's going to happen. I think you're right. Like, if you asked me before the season, I would have probably laughed you out of the room, but I would have been an idiot because he's probably going to win. I mean, he's got to be the favorite right now, right? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think he's got to be. So you're going to LSU to win and cover? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're on this one, man. Uh, this one, you know, at first glance, it's kind of tough because I think there are some matchups that favor both teams. Like we we all know, you mentioned how dynamic the LSU offense has been. It's been crazy dynamic. At least their passing game has been dynamic. But that Auburn defense is good. They're very good. I don't I don't know if that Auburn defense is quite elite. Like if they're at that that level, they're 23rd nationally, which is really really good. But I don't know if that's like top level elite. Where the Auburn defense is elite, though, I think I think it's obviously that defensive line. Uh, I do think that is a matchup that could favor them in this game because the LSU offensive line is like if there's a weak link on the LSU offense, I'd say it's probably the offensive line. They're not bad, but they're not particularly great either. I think they're 45th nationally in sack rate. Auburn might not have that one elite pass rusher, but they they do have a number of guys that can disrupt you on any given play, whether it's Derek Brown, Nick Coe, Marlon Davidson, Big Cat Brian. They got some guys there. Uh, and I think they can potentially stifle the LSU run game and kind of make them one-dimensional, but really I'm not sure how much of an advantage that is in this game because LSU's basically just operated as a one-dimensional offense all season, and newsflash guys are still really good. They're third nationally in total offense without really having much of a running game to talk about. And ultimately, I, I just I don't believe that Auburn secondary is really up to the task of, with that LSU passing game. I don't think they can keep them in check. You got the 68th-ranked uh, passing defense versus the number two-ranked passing offense. So I think this is a that that's the mismatch there. I, I'm totally with you guys here. I've got LSU to win and cover. Another point, real quick here. Bo Nix with, with their starting running back out, Jartavius Willow out again. I just don't think he's up to the task of scoring enough points to keep up with this LSU offense. In road starts at AM and Florida, he went 23 and 47 for 122 yards a game, two touchdowns, three picks in those games. Uh, I think they won in spite of him at AM and lost because of him at, of, of him at Florida. So uh, I don't think this is going to be a great environment for him to uh, go into this weekend. So I'm going to take LSU to win and cover as well. All right. Staying in the SEC, Mississippi State is traveling to College Station to take on Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M Aggies. A&M is the 10.5-point favorite in this noon matchup. I am going to go with Texas A&M to win, but MSU to cover, which is probably mm, unreasonable, but – Playing at 11 o'clock, 
hopefully it'll give the away team an advantage. Alex, what about you? I agree with you. I think that uh, A&M will win the game straight out, but they won't cover. Uh, we've seen how early games can go for teams this year, unfortunately. And uh, I just think that um, Kellen Mond will have a pretty good game, but I don't think he's going to have uh, quite what it takes to cover those points. All right, Tyler? Yeah, uh, I, I'm with, I'm, I think I'm with you guys here. Garrett Schrader, a quarterback from Mississippi State, he, he's improving. He's getting better every week as a true freshman. And that's what they do. They, they get better week in and week out, but he's still not there yet, and they're still struggling offensively. They're only averaging 313 yards a game over their last three games, but they're still really solid on defense. So they held L- – actually, I mean, if you guys watched that game last week against LSU, they, they held them relatively in check. I know the final score was kind of lopsided, but they, they gave that LSU offense a little bit of, of trouble at times. They held them to a season-low scoring and in their total yardage output as well. Now, that AM offense, like I, I've watched them all year because I know we got them down the road. I've been trying to prep for them all year long, watching them whenever I get a chance. I'm telling you guys, that offense, it is far from dynamic. It's kind of tough to figure out because when you look at that team, that roster, they have a lot of skill talent, but they really struggle to run the football. And Kellen Mond, while, while certainly talented, is wildly inconsistent. Uh, they're only 64th nationally in total offense. And I know it's at AM, and and they are the better team. They are. But this this that stadium is huge there in College Station, but it's not really been a great home field advantage for them. And the and the two conference wins the Aggies have against Ole Miss and Arkansas, those two wins came by an average of five and a half points to two of the worst teams in the SEC. So yeah, I'm taking AM to cover, but give me the Bizarro Dogs. I'm sorry, I'm taking AM to win, but give me the Bizarro Dogs to cover. All right. One more thing. I, I just don't see uh how Jimbo Fisher using Kellen Mond to the best of his ability either. I think that uh, he needs to be more of a spread concept type quarterback, and they're trying to push him into a pro-style system. It's just not working out that great. You're 100% right, man. Like it, it, To bring it home for us, it's kind of like watching us try to use Justin Fields in a pro-style offense last year. It, that just was not going to work. And they're doing something very similar to Kellen Mond. He was recruited to play that spread-style system with Kevin Sumlin. He was doing pretty well as a true freshman there. But you try to put him in that pro style offense. You're exactly right, man. You're just you're taking what he does best away from him, and that's I think that's part of the issue they're having offensively right now. All right. Next up, we have the Missouri Tigers, fresh off of a very weird loss to Vandy last weekend, and they are taking on Kentucky at 7:30 on the SEC Network. Even with the loss to a terrible Vandy team last week, Mizzou is the 10 point road favorite on the road in Lexington. That is just. That's painful. Anyways, I'm going to pick Mizzou to win and cover. Alex, what about you? I'm going to pick Mizzou to win, but I don't think they'll cover. I think that uh, loss last week was a little disappointing to the whole team. And uh, them being on the road at Kentucky, I just don't see a way that they uh, have a huge game offensively. All right, Tyler? Yeah, I this one I've kind of gone back and forth on. Kentucky – Man, we saw them up up close last week. They're really just not a very good football team right now. I think if, if the without the weather conditions, we would have blown them out completely in that game. They do fight hard. They're well coached. I mean, Stoops is a really good coach over there, but there are just talent deficiencies on that team right now. And as dynamic as Lynn Bowden is at quarterback, the fact is he is a wide receiver trying to play quarterback, and he's going up against the second-ranked defense in the SEC right now. And I think that's going to be a motivated Missouri team after losing to Vanderbilt last week. And Missouri, guys, that defense has been good all year. They have a top 25 rush defense. And all Kentucky can do right now with Limbo and quarterback is run the football. 
So I think that's a matchup advantage for Missouri there. And 10 is a big number. That is a big number. And that, that gives me pause. But I definitely, I definitely like Missouri to win this game. Uh, might put some money down with my bookie. And you know, you know what? Just I'm gonna go with it. Give me Missouri to cover the 10 as well. I don't feel great about that, but I'm just not sure I see Kentucky scoring enough right now. And before we get to our next game, I do want to make sure to tell everyone about Vivid Seats. You guys know it's just a little over a week away now, and there's still a chance to get tickets for the big cocktail party in Jacksonville. We need all the red and black we can get in those stands. We've got to cheer our guys on to victory because everything that we want to accomplish is still out in front of us. So if you're looking for tickets, Vivid Seats is the place to go. They have the best selection, the best prices possible. I was checking out the inventory earlier in the week for that cocktail party game, and there are still plenty of great seats left for you guys to pick up. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now is a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. It's called Vivid Seats Rewards. All you guys need to do is go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. It's that easy. And also, every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. So from the biggest concerts to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And when it's time to buy, because I know you guys are going to want to join us in Jacksonville, or maybe you want to join us in Auburn in a couple weeks, new users, all you have to do is enter promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right. In the 4 p.m. slot on the SEC Network, which is reserved for the worst SEC game of the week, the Tennessee Volunteers are hosting the South Carolina Gamecocks. The Cocks are playing pretty good football right now and are the four-point road favorite. I am going to choose South Carolina to win and cover. Alex, what's your pick? I say South Carolina wins and covers pretty easily. I think Tennessee is just kind of a mess right now. And South Carolina against us and against Alabama has actually looked pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys here. I, I got South Carolina to win and cover as well. Uh, this is another one I had to think about for a minute. Tennessee, they're actually playing better football right now since our beatdown of them in Knoxville. You know, last week, if you watched that game, they were actually inside the two-yard line, I think like on the inch line, basically, with a chance to make it a one-score game against Alabama in the fourth quarter before Jarek Guarantano just went rogue and just lost his mind and, and blew that game completely. They probably would have won anyway, but they – they had at least a chance there, and he blew any chance they had because if was in the end zone, Bama picks it up and runs it back 101 yards for a touchdown. Um, I think Tennessee absolutely could beat South Carolina at home under normal circumstances. But the problem is that quarterback situation. It's a major unknown right now. It looks like Mauer, the freshman, the guy that, that they were going to kind of go with the entire season, he's got another concussion after already suffering one earlier in the year. But Jared Guarantano, or Guarantano, the guy who, my God, he just completely went rogue in that game against Alabama. If you guys missed that, they were essentially like on the inch line, ready to go in in the, in the about midway through the fourth quarter with a chance to bring that to a one-score game on the road in Tuscaloosa with two out of the game. They probably would have lost anyway, but at least they would have had a chance. But instead of running the, the, the play that was actually called in the huddle, he decides to audible on his own without telling anyone. He actually doesn't even audible, doesn't actually vocally audible anything. He just decides on his own to take the snap and try to leap over the end zone. And the ball gets knocked out of his hands. Alabama scoops it up inside the end zone, runs it all the way back for a 101-yard 
fumble return touchdown that completely ended any chance that Tennessee had to pull that massive upset. And if you saw Jeremy Pruitt on the sidelines, he went absolutely nuclear on Guarantano. And honestly, like I'm not a fan of Jeremy Pruitt's really at all in the way he kind of uh, comports himself, but he was absolutely justified in how crazy he went. He immediately pulled Guarantano out of the game. I'm not sure. I mean, he would be the obvious choice under normal circumstances to go in this game, to be the starter and play the whole game for Tennessee. But I'm not so sure after that. I mean, his teammates have lost trust in him. They were making some comments after the game when asked about that kind of rogue moment there on the goal line. I, I have my doubts whether they're actually going to go with him. I know he's the more experienced option. But without Maurer, potentially with no trust in Guarantano, they might be stuck with, with a guy named J.T. Shrout, who has thrown all of 10 passes in his Tennessee career. So that quarterback uncertainty really gives me some pause with Tennessee. But on the other side, South Carolina, they're also playing much better after scuffling to start the season. Tyler Helensky hasn't been great on the road, but... With the situation Tennessee potentially finds themselves in at quarterback, I think I have to say that even though Helensky's a true freshman, there seems to be more stability at that position for South Carolina right now than there does for Tennessee. But to me, the real reason I can't pick Tennessee, the biggest reason I can't pick Tennessee in this game, is that I think the South Carolina defensive line is going to absolutely maul that Tennessee offensive line. I think it's a major advantage for the Cox, a major matchup that favors them. And if you couple that with the possibility of Tennessee starting a quarterback, who, like I said, has only thrown 10 passes in his career, home or not, I'm going to take South Carolina to win and cover the four points. In our final game on the SEC slate this week, we have the Arkansas Razorbacks traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on the Tua-less Alabama Crimson Tide. Even without their signal caller, the Tide are the 32-point favorite over the hapless Hogs. I'm going to choose Bama to win, but I think Arkansas has a chance to cover. Alex, what about you? I'm going to take Alabama to win and cover still. Arkansas is just really bad right now. I mean, it, it's just not good. I think that uh, Alabama still with all their weapons at wide receiver, and they're just going to have to have a field day on Arkansas's defense. All right, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, look, Alabama's going to win this football game. I don't want to break it down too much because two or not, Bama is going to win. They have too much talent. There's depth everywhere else. Um, but that Bama defense, like they've been good. No, get me wrong, they're good. But like, I, I certainly don't think this is a vintage Bama defense. Teams like Ole Miss and Tennessee have had at least some success running the ball on them with uh, that freshman duo at inside linebacker, some injuries up front on the Alabama defensive line. And Rakeem Boyd for Arkansas. You're totally right, Alex. Arkansas has been bad this year. They've had a couple games where they've had a shot in the SEC, but they just can't close the deal. Uh, but Rakeem Boyd at running back, he, he was leading the league in rushing coming into last week. He's third now, didn't have a good game last week. But he's a good player. He's a capable running back. And Alabama's had some issues uh, stopping the run this year. And who knows what Mac Jones is going to give the tide this week at quarterback. He does – you're right. He has a ridiculous group of wide receivers to throw to. And, I mean, what they do anyway, they, they, they throw a bunch of RPOs and just let the wide receivers go to work. So why can't he do that? I mean, you've always seen them, seen them play. I, mean, I think most of us go out there and throw a little uh, five, six-yard hitch route and slant route and let the receivers just go to work. And, and I know Arkansas is definitely the worst team Bama's played. But Bama is only, and I say only, only beating SEC opponents by 23 and a half points on, on average this year, even with Tua Tungavailoa. So without him, yeah, they're going to win, but are they going to beat Arkansas by 32? Uh, I'm not so sure. So I might go with Charlie here. Give me Bama to obviously win, but you know what? I'm going to take a flyer on Arkansas to cover. Pig Suey, let's go. 
And guys, before we move on to our national picks, got to remind you about mybookie.ag. Basketball, football, obviously, baseball, hockey, and more. October is the only month of the year that all four major sports are going on at the exact same time. What better to get you into the game than heading over to mybookie.ag? Every one of the lines that we use on these Picks of the Week show come from mybookie.ag because they give you the best, most competitive lines out there, and it's a no-brainer to use them if you're looking to lay down a little bit of money on a game or two. And hey, we try our best to give you guys some winners. Last week, we gave you guys a bunch of winners. Hopefully, that's the case this week. And if you're feeling lucky, mybookie.ag is the place to go, but it's actually Pretty awesome. We've teamed up with MyBookie this October to give you this great offer. Sign up at MyBookie.ag right now and use the promo code OVERTIME, and they're going to match your first deposit. That's insane, guys. Completely 100% match your first deposit. Again, promo code OVERTIME, and new users get their first deposit doubled. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Next up, fresh off of their big top 25 road victory over division rival Washington, the Oregon Ducks are playing host to the other Washington team as Mike Leach's Wazoo Tigers come calling to you. Tigers? Ca- sorry, I can't read today. Cougars! You wrote this sorry. in your <laughs> I know. I know. I just, Mike Leach, I just want to see what interesting thing he's going to say this weekend. Is he going to call his uh, players fat and lazy and probably, entitled? Entitled lose, is probably, the best word. Probably. So the Ducks are the 14-point home favorite. I'm going to pick Oregon to win, but Wazoo covers. Alex, what about you? Yeah, I agree with you there. I think Oregon will win, but uh, Wazoo will cover. I think Mike Leach will have his guys ready to play Oregon pretty tough. But I think in the end, Justin Herbert is going to be the difference in the game. All right, Tyler. Yeah, this is a spot that has like major letdown potential for Oregon. I do like for them, for their sake, that's a 7.30 local kick in Oregon. If it was one of those new local kicks, the Ducks might be primed to get upset or at least get pushed. But uh, Oregon, they're clearly the better team. Alex, you're right, man. And I like the matchups for them. Wazoo is the most – like they are. They're the most prolific passing team in America. That's not hyperbole. They are averaging 440 yards a game. That's number one nationally. But Oregon – on the flip side, they're top 15 nationally in pass defense. Oregon is also top 20 in sacks. But Washington State, is they're actually top 10 in sacks allowed because with that air raid offense and that system, they get the quarterback gets the ball out of his hands very quickly. But it's the other side of the ball where I think Oregon wins this game. They've mostly won games with defense this year, but I think this week it might be the other way around. Oregon has a good, not necessarily a dynamic offense, but they're good. They're 26 nationally in total offense. But Washington State, man, they're 105th nationally in total defense, giving up 508 yards a game against Pac-12 opponents. So I, I think Oregon's going to be able to score and score a lot. It might be a track meet at times. I think Oregon's going to be able to get the job done. At the end of the day, their defense is just a little bit better, a lot better than what Washington State's going to put out there. So give me Oregon to win and cover. I do have some, some concerns about the letdown potential of this game. And Mike Leach has a way of overcoming talent, talent disadvantages. Uh, you know what? I take that back. Give me Oregon to win. Give me Washington State to cover. I'm, I'm pulling an audible here. Okay. In the only Big 12 game we are picking this week, Oklahoma is another big 23.5 point favorite, this time on the road in the Little Apple against Kansas State. I am going to pick Oklahoma to win and cover. Alex, what's your pick? Oklahoma wins and covers. The talent disparity between these two teams is just is far too big. Jalen Hurts, another Heisman front runner, is going to have a huge game. 
Yeah, I, it, you're right, man. Like the town is spared. Like I, I would love to. I would really love to see Kansas State put up a fight here, but there that talent edge is just it's got to be too much to overcome. Um, and I, guys, honestly, I'm sorry I even put this game on the board today. Uh, with us not playing, I had to fill the board out somehow, and so I was just kind of scouring the week to try to find a game. And I went with Oklahoma here because I thought maybe it could potentially be a tricky road stop in the Little Apple, but they're a huge favorite here. Make no mistake about it, Alex is right. This game should not be close. But neither should our game against South Carolina. That game should not have been close. And, well, we don't want to go there. But uh, I do have a lot of respect for Kansas State's new coach, Chris Kleiman, uh, coming over from South Dakota State. It was a, basically built a powerhouse program up there. And Kansas State's defense, is, they're pretty good. They've given up less than 366 yards in four of six games on the year. I could see them giving Oklahoma some, some issues in the first half maybe. But the problem for, uh, for Kansas State is that their offense, man, it is truly anemic. They have not broken 341 yards total offense against Power Five team against any Power Five team, and they've actually gone for under 300 total offensive yards in three of the four games against Power Five opponents. That is, uh, that's about as bad as you can get. Their only hope, their only hope, and it's a slim hope at that, is to be able to grind, control the clock, maybe force some turnovers, uh, definitely make some special teams plays, and definitely don't turn the ball over themselves. It would take a perfect storm for them to pull the upset. But the thing about perfect storms is they're really difficult to predict. So give me Oklahoma to win and cover the 23 and a half. All right. Ohio State still hasn't been challenged all year, but that may change this week as the Badgers of Wisconsin are traveling to Columbus to face the Buckeyes in a potential first round between these two teams. Ohio State is favored by 14 and a hook at home. I am going to pick Ohio State to win, but I think and hope that Wisconsin will cover. Alex, what about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Ohio State to win, but I think that Wisconsin, uh, their defense is good enough, and I think it's actually going to give Justin Fields pause because uh, they're, they are they play well, and their defense should uh, should slow them down a little bit. I think that um, the cover, I don't think so. I think Wisconsin will keep it within 14.5 points. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? Yeah, Alex, you're on it, man. That Wisconsin defense is really good, Like as, as in like statistically the number one ranked defense in America. And I definitely do think this will be Ohio State's like first real test. I know everyone wanted to say that Nebraska, Nebraska was going to be a real test. No, no, Nebraska's terrible. Michigan State at home is going to be a real test. No, Michigan State's average is grits. No, just not. Um, but I think this is going to be a test for them. And Wisconsin losing to Illinois last week was maybe the worst thing that could have happened to Ohio State because – I mean, Wisconsin was already going to be motivated to come into this game, of course, but they're going to, Ohio State's going to get an even more motivated team than they otherwise would have because Oklahoma or uh, Wisconsin wants to make amends for that just ridiculous loss last week. And I, I'm very intrigued to see that matchup, the Wisconsin defense versus the Ohio State offense, two really elite units, and we're going to find out which unit is for real. And they're probably both for real, but which one is for real, for real. Uh, like I mentioned, Wisconsin's first nationally in total defense, 193 yards a game. Ohio State is fifth nationally in total offense, averaging 526 yards a game. So something's got to give here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm really not sure that Wisconsin, as good as they have been defensively, I'm just not sure they have the athletes to contain Ohio State's athletes on the other side of the ball. But the matchup that no one is really talking about in this game, and the one that I think will decide the game, is the, is the, the Ohio State defense versus Wisconsin ground game. Ohio State, yeah, everyone talks about how dynamic their offense is, Justin Fields, all that, of course, and they're really good offensively. But they're actually better statistically defensively. They're second nationally in total defense, and they, they have a top 10 rush defense. Wisconsin does have a top 20 rushing offense, but only 89th in passing offense. 
I, I do think the Badgers will give Ohio State some fits, especially early on on defense. They're going to be ready to play. But I just don't think Wisconsin is balanced enough on, on offense. Defense is that, that talented, like Ohio State, can slow down a one-dimensional offense. And what Wisconsin does on offense, like it works against most teams, but against teams like Ohio State with that kind of talent, it's often very rough sledding for them. So they're going to have to make – like if they're going to have any chance to win this game, Wisconsin's going to have to make plays in the passing game uh, if they're going to hang, let alone win. But I just don't know if Jack Cohn is that guy at quarterback. He's only averaging 163 yards a game passing his power five opponents. So, yeah, I think Ohio State's going to win this one at home in the big noon matchup on Fox. But I do think that Badger defense – would challenge them enough to cover the 14 and a half. So I'm going to agree with Alex there. And guys, before we get to our last couple of picks, I do want to remind everyone that today's episode of the Glory UGA podcast is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports news network. It is live 24-7, 365, and it costs you absolutely nothing. That's right. It's sports coverage that's always on and always free. And I know, guys, that when we're on a bye week, your wives probably have a, a honey-do list a mile long for you guys to do. You got to go catch up on some family time. You got to go watch your kids play sports, all of that stuff. So if you're looking to keep up with the action, even though the dogs aren't playing, if you still want to keep up with all the other action around the world of college football, CBS Sports HQ is your go-to place. They have all the highlights, all the long-form stuff, everything that you need to keep track of, everything that's going on throughout the world of college football. And guys, they do it without the fake debates. There's no fake debates. There's just sports, just sports for real sports fans at the great price of completely free. You can't beat it. You don't even have to log in or sign up for anything. It's quick, easy, seamless. All you have to do is download the CBS Sports app today and watch CBS Sports HQ. All right. Well, and with me. Did you? Oh, I yeah. just, I don't even listen Pay to attention. you. Attention. All right. Sticking in the Big Ten, Penn State is traveling to East Lansing to take on a struggling Michigan State team. The Nittany Lions are favored by six and a half on the road. This is one of those interesting lines. After beating Michigan, you would expect Penn State to be favored by more than six and a half against a three-loss Spartan team that is coming off of a 38-0 beatdown by Wisconsin. 38-0 beatdown? Wouldn't it be 38-0? (laughs) 38-0. Come on, Charlie. What what was your head today? It's not there. I have nothing. I have no energy. Long week? Yes, very long week. It's all good. We all have Anyways. So thank you. I'm going to pick Penn State to win, but I think Michigan State will cover. Alex, what's your pick? If I was a betting man, I would have to put money on Penn State to win, and this would be my pick of the week for the cover. Uh, Michigan State has struggled, particularly as of late. I thought Penn State had a pretty slow start to the season, but they've really, uh, really found a rhythm, and I think that they'll uh, cover the six points. All right, Tyler? All right, so this one – Alex, you, you've done a great job, man. I think we, we're like pretty much in agreement. We're aligned on just about all these, but this one we might have, and you're you're going to be right on this one, Alex. I'm going to be wrong, uh, but I, <laughs> I like to try to throw an upset special on, on on these picks of the week show somewhere. And I'm officially putting Penn State on upset alert this week. I'm probably 100 percent totally wrong. And please, no one, if you if if you're a betting man, do not run to my bookie and put any money on on this on what I'm saying because it's probably not going to happen. But I got I got to go. A little crazy somewhere. So I'm putting Penn State on upset alert. And the reason I'm, I'm doing that, I think Penn State is the better team. Do not get me wrong. I think Penn State is the better football team objectively almost all the way around. But this is a classic trap game for Penn State. And, and Michigan State, while not a great or really particularly good team, they're I think they are good enough to beat Penn State at home, especially when Penn State is coming off two big games in a row that were physical contests between uh, against Iowa and Michigan. 
Michigan State's coming off the bye. You guys know I'm big on bye weeks. Uh, and with that uninspiring 4-3 and three record going into that bye week, you know, they, this is a team that doesn't really catch a lot of attention. I don't think this is going to get Penn State's play. I don't think it's not, it's not going to get their attention. It's not for, you know, 18, 22-year-olds, they look at, you know, the big lights, all that kind of stuff. And Michigan State's not the big lights, especially a group of guys who just came off two hyped-up games. And this game's at Michigan State. So I do think this is a situation that would favor Michigan State, even though I do think Penn State's the better overall football team. And, and Penn State's really good on defense. Uh, they've been getting it done uh, on defense, no doubt about it. But on offense – They've been getting it done with smoke and mirrors. They average 500. Like basically, it's been a tale of two teams. Basically, like when, when they're playing good teams, they're struggling offensively. Playing bad teams, they're destroying them. They're averaging 528 yards against Buffalo, Idaho, and Maryland. Or I'm sorry, Buffalo, Idaho, Maryland, and Purdue. They're averaging 528 yards a game against those teams, and they beat those teams by an average score of 55 to six. But against legit teams with top 20 defenses. Penn State's only averaging 325 yards a game and only win those games by an average score of 20 to 14. So a very, very big uh, split differential there. And, and what is Michigan State, guys? That's right. Michigan State is a top 20 defense. Terrible offensively, but they're a top 20 def- or a fringe top 20 defense coming in at number 22 nationally. Uh, I think Penn State's going to have a tough time consistently moving the football in this game, but the problem for Michigan State is like they've been really struggling on offense, especially the past two games against Ohio State and Wisconsin. Although I will say those are the two top-ranked defenses in America right now. Uh, Michigan State is 100 nationally in total offense, only averaging a paltry 357 yards a game. They've had trouble running it all year. And another issue for them is like Brian Lewerke, he's, he's fine at quarterback, but he's just not good enough. He's not equipped to beat good teams when he has to throw the ball 30 to 40 times a game. And Penn State's defense is really good, too. They're number 12 uh, nationally, or number 12 nationally. Uh, I, but I, I go back to this. I think the bye week is a big advantage for Michigan State, who had a chance to kind of go back in the lab for those two brutal losses to Ohio State and Wisconsin, try to fix some things on offense. And they do have, like, at least one true playmaker out wide in uh, Daryl Stewart Jr. He's a really good wide receiver. And I just, I just can't get over the spot for Penn State. I hate this spot for Penn State. I'm not sold on their offense yet. I think this is going to be one of those throwback games, and Michigan State will be playing inspired football coming out of that bye. I think they're going to force Sean Clifford into some key turnovers and do just enough offensively to pull the upset in East Lansing. But I'm probably totally wrong. Again, do not put any money on my account. All right. And for our final pick of the week, we're heading across the state of Michigan to Ann Arbor, where the Michigan Wolverines and the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame are set to square off as they renew that rivalry game. The handicappers in Vegas see this one as a very evenly matched contest as they have it as they have it as a pick'em game. So I am going to pick Notre Dame and I sure hope they win for our record to make us look better. Because yes. right now we need it. Alex, what's your pick? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Notre Dame here. Michigan has been just very disappointing this year. I think that after this year, Harbaugh is going to have some trouble uh, really brewing up there if he doesn't already. I just think that uh, Michigan's just been a big letdown. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Notre Dame straight up. All right, Tyler, what's your pick? Yeah, Alex, you're right about the Harbaugh thing. I mean, like, there were reports today I saw that some people are saying that he's like talking to NFL front offices uh, behind the scenes, had to like meet with the parents of his current players and kind of shoot that down. So that's never a good sign especially going to a game like this. Uh, and, and you're also right, Alex. I mean, Michigan's just not been very impressive this year. Uh, but I, I, like when I looked at the numbers, like I'm trying to peel back the layers in this game. 
And I know the narrative surrounding these two teams is really different right now, but I, I actually think these two teams are, are pretty evenly matched. If you look at the the total yards differentials, Michigan's plus 730 yards on the year, and Notre Dame's actually plus 630 yards on the year. So Michigan, like statistically, at least from like a, a total yards differential, is is right there with Notre Dame, if not a little bit better. But this is a classic head versus heart decision for you. My gut is telling me that somehow Michigan's going to rise the occasion and win this game under the lights. I thought they played really well for two and a half quarters against Penn, Penn State. They really actually, if you watch that game, they dominated the second half, but they just couldn't quite get it done at the end. They dropped the pass in the end zone. They would have tied it and sent it overtime. But on the other hand, as Charlie said, my heart is strongly pulling for Notre Dame because I'm still, and probably ridiculously so, but I'm still holding out hope that we can somehow find a way to win out. And if we do, we're going to need that Notre Dame win to look as good as possible. Uh, Michigan's given up too many big plays on defense. They're good defensively. They're giving up way too many big plays. Uh, but they're, it's weird. Like they're giving up big plays, but they're not letting teams consistently move the football on them. Penn State had two explosive plays to K.J. Hamler that counted for two touchdowns and hit a 37-yard pass on another drive in the first quarter that set up another touchdown to their tight end. But they only managed 283 yards of total offense in that game. Michigan was actually good defensively except just a few weird freak explosive plays. But unfortunately for Michigan, Notre Dame has actually been good at creating explosive plays. If that's Michigan's problem, Notre Dame – is a matchup problem for them because Notre Dame is ranked inside the top 20 in plays of 20 plus yards and then inside the top 30 in plays of 30 plus yards. Uh, and Penn State, when they when they had success, they targeted the Michigan safeties and their slot DBs and coverage. I think Notre Dame is equipped to also do that with tight end Cole Komet, Tommy Trimble, even wide receiver, slot wide receiver Chris Fink. I think those, all those guys can have some success against the Michigan secondary in this game. And ultimately, even though it's at home, I, I, I just don't trust Shea Patterson. I just don't, man. And especially in that Michigan offense, he just, it's kind of like you talking about Kellamon now. It's like Kellamon's not a fit for that pro style offense. I don't think Shea Patterson's really a fit for what Michigan's been trying to do. Uh, he looked pretty good down the stretch against Penn State. Maybe he found something there. I don't know. But that to me, still, that's still the exception at this point. Uh, and Ian Book for Notre Dame, I don't necessarily think he's anything like elite, but I will say I trust him far more than I do Shea Patterson. So I think Vegas is right to call this a pick em. I think it's a close one. I can see it going either way, and in those games, it often comes down to turnovers, and this is the stat uh, that really just you know pushed me in the Irish's direction. Michigan is 84th nationally in turnover margin, while Notre Dame is number one nationally in turnover margin. In a close game that could come down on turnovers, you got to go with the Irish there, so I'm taking Notre Dame to win straight up. All right. All right, guys, well, that does it for us today here on the Glory UJ podcast. I wish we had a Georgia game to pick, but, you know, the bye weeks are nice to get a little – rest and relaxation a little r and r but uh alex i want to thank you man i really appreciate you coming on and joining us here today on the show yeah thanks so much for having me man i really appreciate it it was fun our pleasure man don't be a stranger on social media we'll try to get you back on at some point but uh charlie thank you so for alex always always for alex for charlie i'm tyler thanks for listening and as always go dogs